Amen. If you're a senior and you've signed up, you're welcome to stay for lunch. If you're 75, the church is going to pay for it. If you're not, you got to come up with some money. <laughs> so okay. only 75? <laughs> At 75, you got to pay for it. I don't know how. What, what's a senior citizen? 55 or something like that? That's when you get your ARP card. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, just a little, a little background, a little bit. We're, as we've talked in previous lessons, uh, Daniel is a book about God and His sovereignty. And Daniel was raised a young man, brought from uh, Judah as a young man in captivity, and went to to Babylon and uh, found favor because of his brilliance and God's being with him. Uh, and he and his three buddies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were the people who were there. And time and time and time again, and we'll see it again today, where God's sovereignty is brought, is brought to pass. Uh, <clears throat> Isaiah, when we went to Isaiah and a phrase that has rung my bell. Uh, Isaiah said it several, several times. He said, I am God and there is no other. There is no other. So the book of Daniel tells us of events that Jeremiah talked about some 30 or 40 years before. Jeremiah wrote in specific, specific detail about what was going to happen. He said they're going to go into captivity. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar was going to do it and the whole business and they would be captives there for 70 years. And this was some 30 and 40 years before Daniel uh, wrote or before the events of Daniel happened. <clears throat> We've also talked about that God uses whoever he wants to because he is sovereign to bring about his own will. And God exalted, in this particular case, a pagan king to bring about his discipline for the people of Israel, Judah in particular, for their years of disobedience. He kept telling them through the prophets, he says, you're disobeying me. The big, the big thing, their disobedience, was putting other idols and other gods before him. And the very first commandment when they came out from Egypt and crossed the Red Sea, he says, I am God. And there, well, he didn't say that. I'm getting on the wrong track. He says, uh, you'll have no other gods before me and you shall not worship any graven image. And that came back to haunt these people. And ultimately, God said, I've had enough. And he used Bab uh, uh, Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar to take them in the captivity. In this book of Daniel, and we've talked about it a little bit, that Daniel has no, he doesn't write directly to the, the Israelites like, like Jeremiah did, like Isaiah did, like Ezekiel did. They, they wrote to them. Uh, Daniel didn't write to them specifically. He wrote about what happened, and as Dr. Larkin says, he brought in where the Gentiles are going to uh, kind of take over, and, and they did, and they are even to this day. But Jesus himself, 
in Matthew uh, 24 says Daniel the prophet. So if, if Jesus calls Daniel the prophet, that's pretty good authority, you know, uh, right there. So that's where we are. Okay, chapter 4 picks up with the second dream that, that uh, has happened. And when we closed out last week, we talked about the, the, uh, the three men in the fire, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and then uh, they came out unsinged, unscorched, and their, their clothes didn't even smell like fire, and yet the people who threw them in were killed. And, and so um, we pick up there with the first few verses of chapter 4, uh, when he says, Nebuchadnezzar, the king to all people, nations, men of every language that live in all the earth, may your peace abound. It has seems good to me, declare the signs and wonders which the most high God has done. And so these first three verses is a continuation from last week's lesson where he gives glory to the Lord for protecting uh, these Hebrew children as we have come to know them. And he said, he says, um, God is God. Now, from that point, there's years elapsed, you know, that we, sometimes we read in Scripture, we think it just happened one right after the other. But in this particular case, the difference between verse 3 of chapter 4 and verse 4 of chapter 4 could be it could be 10 years greater or greater. We really don't know, but it, it wasn't immediately after this time, but it was uh, uh, about that. So I'm going to let the reader read if I can get my technology to work in here for me, and we're going to look at chapter, at chapter um, 4 in its entirety. You just follow along as the reader reads. Chapter 4. Nebuchadnezzar the king to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language that live in all the earth. May your peace abound. It has seemed good to me to declare the signs and wonders which the Most High God has done for me. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at ease in my house and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream that made me fearful, and these fantasies as I lay on my bed and the visions in my mind kept alarming me. So I gave orders to bring into my presence all the wise men of Babylon, that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the conjurers, the Chaldeans, and the diviners came in, and I related the dream to them, but they could not make its interpretation known to me. But finally Daniel came in before me, whose name is Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God, and in whom is a spirit of the holy gods. And I related the dream to him, saying, O Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, since I know that a spirit of the holy gods is in you, and no mystery baffles you, tell me the visions of my dream which I have seen, along with its interpretation. Now these were the visions in my mind as I lay on my bed. I was looking, and behold, there was a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great. The tree grew large and became strong, and its height reached to the sky, and it was visible to the end of the whole earth. Its foliage was beautiful, and its fruit abundant, and in it was food for all. 
The beasts of the field found shade under it, and the birds of the sky dwelt in its branches, and all living creatures fed themselves from it. I was looking in the visions in my mind as I lay on my bed, and behold, an angelic watcher, a holy one, descended from heaven. He shouted out and spoke as follows, Chop down the tree and cut off its branches, strip off its foliage and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts flee from under it, and the birds from its branches, yet leave the stump with its roots in the ground, but with a band of iron and bronze around it in the new grass of the field, and let him be drenched with the dew of heaven, and let him share with the beasts and the grass of the earth. Let his mind be changed from that of a man, and let a beast's mind be given to him, and let seven periods of time pass over him. This sentence is by the decree of the angelic watchers, and the decision is a command of the holy ones, in order that the living may know that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind, and bestows it on whom he wishes, and sets over it the lowliest of men. This is the dream which I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now you, Belteshazzar, tell me its interpretation, inasmuch as none of the wise men of my kingdom is able to make known to me the interpretation. But you are able, for a spirit of the holy gods is in you. Then Daniel, whose name is Belteshazzar, was appalled for a while as his thoughts alarmed him. The king responded and said, Belteshazzar, do not let the dream or its interpretation alarm you. Belteshazzar replied, My lord, if only the dream applied to those who hate you, and its interpretation to your adversaries. The tree that you saw, which became large and grew strong, whose height reached to the sky and was visible to all the earth, and whose foliage was beautiful and its fruit abundant, and in which was food for all, under which the beasts of the field dwelt, and in whose branches the birds of the sky lodge, it is you, O king, for you have become great and grown strong, and your majesty has become great and reached to the sky, and your dominion to the end of the earth. In that the king saw an angelic watcher, a holy one, descending from heaven and saying, Chop down the tree and destroy it, yet leave the stump with its roots in the ground, but with a band of iron and bronze around it in the new grass of the field, and let him be drenched with the dew of heaven, and let him share with the beasts of the field, until seven periods of time pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my lord the king, that you be driven away from mankind, and your dwelling place be with the beasts of the field, and you be given grass to eat like cattle, and be drenched with the dew of heaven, and seven periods of time will pass over you, until you recognize that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind, and bestows it on whomever he wishes. And in that it was commanded to leave the stump with the roots of the tree, your kingdom will be assured to you after you recognize that it is heaven that rules. Therefore, O king, may my advice be pleasing to you. Break away now from your sins by doing righteousness, and from your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, in case there may be a prolonging of your prosperity. All this happened to Nebuchadnezzar the king. Twelve months later, he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. The king reflected and said, Is this not Babylon the great, which I myself have built as a royal residence by the might of my power and for the glory of my majesty? While the word was in the king's mouth, a voice came from heaven saying, King Nebuchadnezzar, 
To you it is declared sovereignty has been removed from you, and you will be driven away from mankind, and your dwelling place will be with the beasts of the field. You will be given grass to eat like cattle, and seven periods of time will pass over you until you recognize that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind and bestows it on whomever he wishes. Immediately the word concerning Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled, and he was driven away from mankind and began eating grass like cattle, and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. But at the end of that period, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven, and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High, and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, but he does according to his will in the host of heaven, and among the inhabitants of earth. And no one can ward off his hand, or say to him, What have you done? At that time my reason returned to me, and my majesty and splendor were restored to me, for the glory of my kingdom and my counselors and my nobles began seeking me out. So I was reestablished in my sovereignty, and surpassing greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise, exalt, and honor the King of heaven, for all his works are true, and his ways just, and he is able to humble those who walk in pride. Okay. Chapter 4, as, as you just heard. It was obvious that when he, Nebuchadnezzar, went before his magicians to want to know what his dream meant, they couldn't tell him. And as we have gone before, we, we know that's the case. Uh, that's, this is the second time that, that situation was they couldn't tell him the dream. Daniel wasn't there for whatever reason. Uh, Dr. Pentecost, who I've been following in my study of, of, of Daniel, says that uh, he was probably busy with other things. And he, he, uh, he wanted uh, his other people to, to do their work here. But when they couldn't, verse 8, but finally Daniel came in before me, Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God, in whom there is a spirit of the holy gods. Now, he uses that term holy gods several times. And it's evident by that term that, that Nebuchadnezzar was still a, a polytheistic uh, believer. He, he, he uh, believed other things, uh, uh, other, other gods. Uh, but he ha he acknowledged in chapter two, verse forty-seven, uh, that that sure that Jehovah God was the God. Um, in verse forty-seven of chapter two, he says, "The king answered Daniel and said, Surely your God is the God of gods and Lord of kings and the revealer of mysteries, since you have been able to reveal this mystery." But here these later he's saying he says you have the spirit of the holy God so he's he's giving room for his God in there too 
And then the, the, the vision was, was fairly straightforward. Uh, and he, he, told him, he told him the vision. He, uh, this big tree uh, which reached the heaven and was uh, a great and abundant and strong. And uh, the foliage was beautiful. Its fruit, fruit was abundant and food for all. And beasts found shade and birds dwelt in the air. Uh, dwelt in its branches and all living creatures fed them from, themselves from it was a, was a picture of, of Babylon. Babylon was, was <laughs> it, it, it was just fantastic. And at that time, Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom was all over the Middle East down to what we now know as India. And, and it, was, uh, it was just phenomenal. Now today, Babylon is no more. Uh, we talked about that too, you know, in, and God said that he would wipe it away and he used it for a period of time. The Babylonian empire only lasted for less than 90 years. It was, they, they, God used it for his purpose to whip the, whip the, the Jewish nation into and, and to bring them into obedience to what he had planned for them. And, and yet the Babylonian Empire was fantastic. It's now located, they tell us, around Iraq and Iran. It's just a sand pile today. But at this particular time, it was flowing. It was beautiful. It was, it was great. And, and uh, they said trees abounded there, but now... Uh, there are not many trees in, in Iraq and Iran, but this is, this is what it was. So that was a dream. Uh, they're going to cut down this big tree and you're going to lose your power. You're going to lose what your power is. And as he was relating the dream to him, he, came, he comes back to um, uh, a phrase, verse 16 is the first time we see it, and let seven periods of time pass over him. Now, as we get into Daniel a little bit later on, this idea of time is going to get be real important and real confusing. I'll, I'll say that up front. He says seven periods of time here. Dr. Pentecost says that that's probably seven years. Uh, a period of time in this particular case is seven years. But when we get later on in the, in the book, and we'll be talking about end times and we'll be talking about weeks and days. Um, that might not be the case. But in this particular case, the scholars are telling us that, that this seven periods of time was probably a year. Then in his dream also, in the latter part of verse 17, he says, In order that the living may know that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind and bestows it on whom he wishes and sets over it the lowest of them. Now flip, flip back in, in your text to, to chapter 2. And uh, after, after we'll look at verses 20 and, and through 23, after the first dream he had, and, and if you remember this particular case, 
Nebuchadnezzar didn't tell him what the dream was. He said, you tell me what the dream was and interpret it. And they said, nobody can do that. And Daniel says, I can't, but I know my God can. And so he had a prayer meeting with he and his, his three friends. And God gave it to him. And when he gave it to him, he, he blessed the Lord. And in verse 20 of chapter 2, he says, uh, uh, For wisdom and power belongs to him. Verse 21, It is he who changes the times and the seasons. It is he who removes kings and establishes kings. It is he that gives wisdom to wise men, knowledge of men and understanding. It is he who brings the profound and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells with him. And so Daniel acknowledges in this particular case that God is controls everything that happens. Fast forward to where we are today. A lot of times we forget that. Or we're so busy thinking that we can do so much that we don't really pay attention to what the Lord's doing and, what, and how He's leading. And, and as somebody has said, um, consequences have, have problems, you know. Whatever happens, there is a consequence back for it. Uh, we've been talking about school shootings and, and the problems in school shootings. And, we've, and last night I saw a clip from uh, the dad of Rachel, I forgot her last name, that was the first girl that was killed at Columbine 19 years ago. And uh, uh, they said at the time, and the killers at that time through their diary says that gun laws will be changed, but people like us are going to keep on killing. And we've come back to say that it's the heart of man. It's the heart of man. Uh, and, and the more we go and the more we do, uh, and we get desynthesized to these things. There was a time that gay marriage was to be unheard of. Now, if you take a poll, it's greater than 50 to 60% of people that are okay with gay marriage. You, it doesn't take long for our attitudes to shift. God is still God. He's still in control. He's still going to do what he said he was going to do. So go back to, to, to uh, chapter 4 of, 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 of Daniel. Uh, we see this. Pick up in verse 18. This is the dream that I, Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now you, Nebuchadnezzar, tell me its interpretation. Inasmuch as none of the wise men of my kingdom are able to make known um, to me the interpretation. Verse 19. Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was appalled by what his thoughts alarmed him. So when the Lord was revealing it to him, he, he, was, he was alarmed at what he was, the Lord was telling him because, because it was contrary to Nebuchadnezzar. It was against him. And he says, he says in, in uh, the latter part of, of verse 19, 
19, if only the dream applied to those who hate you and to its interpretations or your adversaries. He says, the tree you saw, large, grew strong, whose heights reached the earth, whose foliage was beautiful, fruit abundant, uh, in which was food for all, under the beast of the field dwelled, and whose, whose branches the birds of the sky lodged. It is you, O king. Uh, you have become great and grown strong, and your majesty has become great and reached the sky, and your dominion to the end of the earth, the known earth at that time, he was in control. And then he said, chop down the tree. Chop down the tree. And he says, let it be drenched with the dew of heaven. Let him share with the beast of the field seven periods of time. And verse 25, you will be driven away from mankind and your dwelling place will be in the beast of the field and you will be given grass to eat like the cattle and drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven years will pass until you recognize that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind. And verse 27, Therefore, O king, may my advice be pleasing to you. Break away now from your sins, from doing righteous, and by doing righteousness, and from your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, and in case there may be a prolonging of your prosperity. We have several instances in Scripture where, where uh, the pronouncement wasn't good, and yet God, God gave them a reprieve. The book of Jonah, the whole city of Nineveh, you know, repent. And what happened? The king and the people repented. And God granted them an extension of time. Uh, Hezekiah, when we were in, in Isaiah, Hezekiah had got sick. And, uh, and he says, I don't know. And the Lord granted him uh, 15 more years. He told him to put um, uh, a pack on his balls and, and, and to pray and to repent, repent. And he did. And God gave him 15 more years. So Daniel's advice to Nebuchadnezzar here was get right with the Lord. Get right with the Lord. But let's look at verse 28 and following. And this happened to Nebuchadnezzar. Twelve months later, he was walking on the roof of the palace and the king reflected and said, this is not, is this not Babylon the Great, which I myself have built as a royal residence by the might of my power and by the word, the glory of my majesty. There's a couple of little things we need to always remember. One of them is uh, Proverbs 16, 18. Does anybody know what Proverbs 16, 18 says? Say it again. 
Pride goes before a fall. Yeah, a Holy Spirit pride goes before a fall. Everything we've got, we've got, we've got. In some cases, because mom and daddy worked hard, God's blessed us to be who we are and where we are. But more times than not, it's not our doing. And we need to be very, very careful about, about this. Go with me, if you will, to Luke chapter 12. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke. The third, Luke chapter 12. You will recognize this. We looked at this when we went through Mark, but this is the Luke chapter. But You with me? Luke chapter 12. Look at verse 16. He told them a parable saying, The land of a rich man was very productive. He began reasoning to himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no place to store my crops? Then he said this, This is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns, build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. Is there a problem yet? You know, to be planning ahead and to be thinking ahead. The rich man hadn't, doesn't have a problem yet. But look at verse 19. Then I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. He stumbled. Verse 20. God said to him, you fool, this very night your soul is required of you. Now who will own what you have prepared? Our last lesson was in Luke, I mean in Acts, turn to Acts chapter 12. You will remember this from just a few weeks ago, maybe months ago now. Acts chapter 12. Look at verse 20. We're actually going to pick up at verse 21. Acts chapter 12 verse 21. Everybody with me? On an appointed day, Herod, having put on his royal apparel, took his seat on the rostrum begin live, delivering an address to them. The people kept crying out. The voice of a God, not a man. And immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give God the glory. He was eaten with worms and died. The Lord's in control of everything. And he doesn't like anybody taking the glory from him. Let's pick up at verse 31 in Daniel 4. While the word was in the king's mouth, 
mercy. The Lord knows our heart. He knows our intent. He knows where we're going. He, he, know, he knows this weak, these wicked thoughts. And that's where we get in problems. You know, it's not, it's not what we eat, Jesus kept telling me. It's not what you put in your mouth that defiles you. It's what comes out of your mouth. And in this particular case, you have to get ready to, to say what you're going to say. And the Lord knows where you're going with it. And in this particular case, while the thought, while the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice from heaven came saying, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is declared, sovereignty has been removed from you. And you will be driven away from mankind and your dwelling place will be in the beast of the field and you will be given grass to eat like cattle over seven periods of time will pass over you until you recognize that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind and bestows it on whomever he wishes. Immediately the word concerning Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled and he was driven away from mankind and began eating grass like cattle. And his body was drenched with the dew of heaven and until his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. That's part of the reason that Dr. Pentecost says it was seven years. He says it would take that long for for Nebuchadnezzar to get this appearance. And he also assumes, and maybe he knows, but I don't know, uh, but he says that probably what happened when he lost his mind, that they, they put him in a, in a park or a corral outside the palace where the normal people didn't know. But Nebuchadnezzar had lost his mind and, and they had put him in this corral out back or park out back and watched him. Um, and he was like the, the, the cattle in the field. Now, Dr. Pentecost told me that there is a mental condition like this. Uh, I think Art said he didn't know about it. <laughs> but he can pronounce it for you and tell you what it is. So uh, this is uh, called uh, zoanthropy, uh, a monomania in which a person believes himself changed into an animal and acts like one. So this is uh, a little different than uh, someone who is uh, simply acting um, ridiculous or uh, with paranoia. So this is a person where they actually believe uh, that they have changed into an animal, so uh, pretty unusual. You can Google it. You'll be surprised what you see, <laughs> what you read. Uh, so I, God said in his dream, this is what's going to happen. It happened. After 12 months of him having time to repent, he didn't. And this is what happened. Verse 34. But at the end of the period, but at the end of the period, now, uh, look back at verse 25 when, when Daniel is telling him what's going on. Uh, and seven periods of time will pass 
over you until you recognize that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind and bestows it on whomever He wishes. Verse 34, But at the end of the period, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven. My reason returned to me. I blessed the Most High God and praised, excuse me, the Most High and praised and honored Him who lives forever. For his dominion is everlasting dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are counting as nothing. But he does according to his will in the, in the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And no one can ward him off. Mercy. I'm not through, but I got to quit. Uh, we'll pick up here next week. And then we'll go on into uh, chapter 5 as we get there. Read ahead. It's okay. That's your homework for this week. Okay. Uh, thank you, visitors, for being with us. And uh, we uh, enjoyed having you. Let's go to the Lord. Uh, you choir members get to the choir room.